Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Last night, as the candles were slowly lit throughout the service, it was like God's light was leading us slowly, step by step, until its final destination. Similar to how the pillar of fire led the people of Israel at night in the Old Testament. Their final destination was the promised land. The place that Moses led them to after rescuing them out of Egypt. Our final destination last night was the manger. To the place where Jesus was laid after he had been born. But the manger was also laid in front of the cross to remind us about the real reason why Christ came, to die for us. His final destination was the cross, to die for our sins, to give us life. And the cross is empty because Christ didn't stay dead. He rose, proving he defeated sin, death, and the devil. And his resurrection assures us of his promise that all who believe will have eternal life. Now that we have finally arrived at Christmas, past the season of Advent in the church, those four Sundays of the waiting, preparing, expecting the birth of our Savior, it means we can officially sing Christmas songs and not feel bad about it. Oh wait, you've been singing Christmas songs for the past month and you don't feel bad about it? Well, as we celebrate Christmas... Christ being born, let me ask you, what is your favorite song sung at church during Christmas? It could be one we've already sung, or even one we haven't sung. But it does have to be a song you'd sing in church. Think about that, your favorite song sung at church during Christmas. Now that you think about what are your favorites, this next question might be a little controversial, but I'll ask it anyway. It's possible you might even hear some of the same answers as the previous question, and it's possible we've already sung it or are going to sing it. So, what is your least favorite song sung at church during Christmas? Think about that. Now I can assure you that as we hear your responses, we'll have someone keeping track of your answers to make sure that we sing them next week. Okay, last question I have for you. What is your favorite non-church song? Your favorite song that you know will not be sung in a worship service, something like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Sorry if I just stole your answer. My favorite non-church song has more to do with my connection to a movie than the song itself. As Christmas movies go, I really enjoy Love Actually. So naturally, I enjoy the song, All I Want for Christmas is You. The original is from Mariah Carey, and it's a Christmas song that has held up throughout the years. 
Last year, it was in the top 10 hot Billboard 100 in December, 23 years after its release. Now, if you don't know it, I will refrain from singing it for you, although I thought about it. But here's the first verse. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. When I think about this song, we all probably had a Christmas or two or ten when we had a song like this for a very specific person. All I want for Christmas is you. If you ever did, did you end up marrying that person? Or were they the first, second, or tenth specific person you had that song in mind for? Or did you break up before the next Christmas? And then the song you were singing is another classic Christmas song called Last Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you becomes, well, you ruined my Christmas. And the song Last Christmas by Wham has become so popular or hated in recent years that they have this game called Whamageddon. And the game is that if you hear the song and recognize it any time in December, you lose the game. Maybe we've been in that boat before too. You thought you had that special someone only to have your heart ripped out. Christmas being a terrible time to have that happen to, especially if it's after Christmas and you just spent all this money on their gifts. There are so many Christmas songs about that special someone in your life. And as I was hearing these songs, I thought to myself, can we relate any of these songs to God at all? And I answered my own question and said, yes. I think we can. So if you take All I Want for Christmas is You, it's what we should sing about Jesus. Not caring about presents, but putting all of our focus and attention on Christ. It sounds great. But we don't. And it's because of sin. Sin makes us sing, All I want for Christmas is everything but Christ. And I think about it like this. Moses' sin prevented him from entering the promised land that was given to Israel, which was Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. He saw it, but was never able to enter it. That's what sin does. It prevents us from entering God's promised land. Unlike Moses, the promised land that our sin prevents us from entering is heaven. Sin leads us to eternal death, hell. Heaven is a wonderful place, filled with God's glory and grace, and there is no room for sin in heaven, because it's a perfect place with no pain, suffering, and death, which are all consequences of sin. And that's exactly why Jesus came, so that we would be able to enter the promised land, heaven, and not suffer hell. And so the only way that all I want for Christmas is you can be used is if it's first Jesus' song to us. 
sin prevents us from getting to heaven. And God wants all people to be saved. He wants all people in heaven. And what he cares most about is you and your salvation. And that is why he came. I've heard it said like this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Jesus came, born of a virgin, the word becoming flesh, as John says, born without sin, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead for all of our sins to give us life, eternal life, heaven. And he wants you. He wants you to know of his great love for you. And he wants you to be in heaven with him forever. And so when you gather in worship, you'll find that love actually is all around. You can look inside yourself and see love given through the gift of faith. Because Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to create faith, to believe this Christmas message, this good news of great joy found in his word. His word, which are his words of love for us, centered on his death and resurrection for you, the greatest love story ever. God, who created us, coming to save us, his people, because it was the only way. And he's given us his sacraments, his means of grace, where he again pours out his love for us. Today, in his supper, he again comes to us, in the flesh. Thus, in our lives, it is the Holy Spirit who helps us say, in faith, all I want for Christmas is you, Jesus. And as we gather together in worship, as we hear his word, and especially as we come to the Lord's Supper today, Jesus says to us, here I am. If all you want for Christmas is me, here I am. Take and eat. Take and drink. Because the real celebration of Christmas is Christ coming to us. And so it's only fitting that on Christmas that we celebrate Christ coming to us by having Christ come to us with his body and blood. Now I've said this before and it's a good reminder on Christmas too. It's said that the communion rails form a half circle or half square or half a rectangle, and the other side is the promised land, all the company of heaven with us, completing the other half, as they are already sharing in the marriage feast of the Lamb, the feast which has no end. Today we will feast on Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our eternal life. And we will join together with the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, all those saints who have gone before us, like Moses and all those brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children, 
who have gone before us in the faith. We all join in the celebration of Christ coming for us and for our salvation. So today at the altar, and every time we gather together and celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're getting a little piece of heaven, a foretaste of the feast to come, which all those who have gone before us in the faith are now experiencing. They've reached their final destination, that being God in flesh. Christ has come for us, for you, for me, for our forgiveness and salvation. And he comes to us in the supper today for our forgiveness and salvation. And he is all that we need on Christmas and every other day of the year. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.